Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're going to kind of go through this whole chapter this morning. And of course, the last few weeks we've been talking about being ambassadors for Christ. And we have a specific purpose as Christians. We didn't just get saved so God could uh, you know, have the pleasure of our company in heaven. He didn't just save us so we wouldn't have to go to hell and He could bless us just because we're us. He's got a mission for us. He's got something He wants us to do. And this mission that He has for us, said it's not contingent on whether or not we're going to go to heaven. If you're saved, we've been separated to Christ. We are on our way to heaven, but we've been separated. We've been called unto good works. And God has some things that He wants from us, some things that He needs from us, expects from us, and we're gonna, and there's so many things we could talk about when it comes to our mission as ambassadors, and that's what we're talking about this morning is our mission as ambassadors. Because just like an ambassador, uh, an American ambassador may be an ambassador to another country, how he's got specific goals, he's got specific things that he's supposed to do. God has been specific with what He wants from us, and there's many things that we could look at. But I want us to focus on First Thessalonians chapter four. Because I believe that uh, there's a lot of things that we see in here that kind of sum up what our mission is. I think 1 Thessalonians 4 does it. And so, uh, we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. I want you to notice that first thing we see there is how we're supposed to walk and please God. You know, if you ask people, you know, what is the most important thing that we do as Christians? And there's a lot of different answers you can get. And a lot, one of the big ones is, well, win souls. And obviously, that is huge. That is clearly a part of our mission, winning souls to Christ. But really, the focal point, the ultimate goal is to please God. Okay, and I believe if we're winning souls, that's going to please God. And if we're not winning souls, we're not going to be pleasing God. But to please God, that is the focal point. That needs to be the priority of our life is to please God. When we when we come together in church, all right, what are we doing? Are we here to please man? Or are we here to please God? Okay, we're here to please God. That's our goal. Revelation chapter four eleven says, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power." For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Not only was it created for His pleasure, but they are now. Everything that is here is for God's pleasure. Our our focal point at Liberty Baptist Church is are we pleasing God? What do we have to do to please God? Whatever decision we make, is this going to please God? Whatever, I mean, when it, I mean, across the board, when it comes to the music that we sing in this church, when it comes to the preaching of the Word of God, when it comes to the ministries of this church, is this pleasing to God? And when it comes to your personal life, you've got to ask yourself the question, am I pleasing God? Because if you're an ambassador, if you're an ambassador, once again, I get, you know, I illustrate this a lot as an ambassador for the United States. If you're an ambassador for the president, you're supposed to be trying to please him. You're supposed to be pushing his agenda. You're supposed to be doing what he wants you to do. 
he, you know, he's the one that sends you over there, and it's God that's given us the mission. It's and we need to do things His way. And it's amazing how many churches today have got off track and have got that's become all about pleasing man. Well, we can't have that kind of music in the church. People don't like it. Well, are we trying to please people, or are we trying to please God? Well, we can't have you know hard preaching in church. We can't have you know. Yelling about sin and all that stuff. That people don't like that. But are we here to please man? Are we here to please God? The Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. We're here to please God. We're not here to please man. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I'm getting really tired of all this community stuff that you're hearing about in churches. It's like guys these days, especially young preachers, when they're talking about their church, it's like it's a contest of who can say community the most times. And it just it irritates me. And they all kind of talk like this. And we just want to serve our community. We want to be there for our community. And we want to help our community. We want to love our community. And nobody talks about God. And you know, we're not here to serve our community. We're here to serve God. And the truth is, if we are serving our community, okay, if I'm serving people, what does the Bible say? Well, we're really serving God. And so, when I serve our community... I guess you could say, and I hate, I feel liberal even saying that. Okay? I'm not doing it to serve them, I'm doing it to serve God. And sometimes the way we serve our community may be in a way they don't really like. For example, many people don't like when we come and knock on their door and try to tell them about Jesus. They don't really, a lot of people don't like that. And a lot of these community church people, they have gotten away from that because you know we don't want to offend them. We're just going to go and we'll have these, you know, what we do giveaways. You know, we'll go give them money. We'll, you know, we'll go set up something at a fair and we'll give away bottles of water. And people think that churches today are basically just giveaway centers where you just you just give freebies out to people like we're the government. But I'm sorry, we can't demand that everybody pay their tithe like the government can demand that we all pay our taxes. We can't afford to just do giveaways all the time. And we're supposed to be serving God. And sometimes that means we do things that the community doesn't really like. Communities don't really like when you take strong stands against sin. I've heard, I listened just recently, saw a news conference with a bunch of people from the community where the community all got together. Communities of white and black and Latino and Catholics and Protestants and Jews and homosexuals. And they all got together speaking out against the pastor who just preached the Bible and didn't represent the views of their community. Well, maybe it's because he's serving God. And all these people are serving their community and trying to please their community. And you know what? It just doesn't work. As a church, it should be our goal to please God. Not the community. And listen, if we can get the community saved... They'll, they'll like that eventually. But in the meantime, they, some people might not like it very much. They might not appreciate it. Us preaching the truth. People don't always like that. They don't like hearing the truth. People want to get their ears tickled. They want you to, you know, they want, they want you to just make them feel good. And we're supposed to be pleasing God. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not getting all caught up in this community, community, community thing. I want to please God. 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 And yes, that may involve serving other people, but the Bible says when you do it to the least of these, you're doing it to me. I'm not serving people, I'm serving God. 
People get on my nerves most of the time. And people aggravate me most of the time. And you know, if, if you get focused on serving people and serving your community, it's not, you're not, it's not gonna last very long. Cause your community is gonna turn on you if you try doing right. Your community is gonna, your, I mean, our community, I wasn't planning on preaching on this today, but I'm just feeling mad right now. But you know, I mean, our communities, I mean, look at what they focus on. I mean, there's a lot of wickedness in our community. There's a lot of drugs in our community. There's a lot of lawbreakers in our community. There's a lot of sexual predators in our community. I mean, there's some bad people in our community. And, well, you know, while well, you're really acting like you're really above it, no. Listen, I'm just going to I want to serve God. And, I want to, and part of serving God means I, gotta, I got to do good to other people, but that means giving them the gospel. And people don't, communities don't always like that. But I'm going to do it, and that's the way I'm going to love my community is by being obedient to God, by pleasing God, and maybe aggravating them sometimes. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it's supposed to be. I want to please God. Don't really care about pleasing people that much. Sometimes I probably should care a little more than I do, but <laughs> uh, but you know we we need to please God. That needs to be the focal point. I'm not out to make the community mad. That's not my goal. When I go out knocking doors, I'm not trying to aggravate them. I'm not trying to get chased off. You know, I, I try to you know I want I want to be friendly, but I'm doing it mainly because I want to please God. I know it's not going to always please the community, and it's pleasing God that is our goal. That is why we are here, and we need to remember that. That's why we were created. That's why you're on this earth. You're here to please God, and if you see something in God's word that doesn't please Him, you shouldn't do it. And that is our duty as ambassadors. To please God. He's the one that's called us. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that owns us. We're going to see that. And we need to, we need to remember that. So also we're supposed to please God. And then look at verse 2. Uh, verse 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, For we know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. You see that? We see in this verses 2-7 through that part of our job Part of our responsibility to please God, to be a good ambassador, we've got to keep our vessel clean and we've got to be holy, the Bible says. We, you need to keep yourself clean. You need to know how to possess your vessel. What's your vessel? It's your body. You need to keep your body clean. That's why we don't, we abstain. You abstain from fornication. We're going to stay away from the immorality. We're not going to be like the Gentiles or in our case, the world that we live around or our community. Okay? There's a lot of fornication that goes on in this community. There's a lot of adultery. There's a lot of wickedness that goes on in our community. The Bible says we're supposed to abstain from that. We ought to know how to possess our vessel. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. See that pure religion. You think you're religious? 
You'd say you're a religious person. Well, the Bible says being religious is not joining a Baptist church and going there and singing the songs and just giving your tithe and being in your place on Sunday. The, the pure religion, it's doing good to those around you. And in the meantime, keeping yourself unspotted from the world. So in other words, you know, we've, got to live, you know, we've got to live among this community. We've got to be among them. We've got to try to serve them in the way that we serve God by doing what God wants us to do, not what they want us to do. Okay, If we serve our community the way they want us to serve, then I need to start going as a pastor to all these um, you know, lunches and things that all the preachers have where all the religions kind of come together and we all talk about what we can agree on. And that works for most of them, but I don't agree with anything, <laughs> hardly anything with them. So I just I don't go. But you know, we need to start accepting everything, every religion, and which is going to limit what I can preach on because a lot of what these other religions are doing is wicked, and not just religions anymore, but certain lifestyles and things. We've got to accept those, and we've got to be okay with that. And. No, the Bible says that we're supposed, you know, basically, it's doing good and remaining unspotted from the world. I can't get caught up on that. We're not supposed to let the world stink get all over us. And unfortunately, you get too caught up with the things of the world, you're going to start being like the world. You're going to start smelling like the world. And we're not supposed to do it. We are supposed to be clean people. We read this passage this morning in Sunday school, 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Okay, This body is not mine, it's God's. Okay? You ever hear these teenagers? It's my body. I can do what I want to with it. Okay, uh, you know that that's not in the Bible. In the Bible, if you're saved, your body belongs to God. And so, no, we can't just do whatever we want with our with our body. It belongs to God. It would be. I mean, you know, we ought to think of our body the same way we think about somebody else's car that we're borrowing. Okay. Now, hopefully, you don't do this, but you know, usually when you borrow somebody else's car, you try not, you try not to eat in it, do you? You try not to make a mess. You try not to get it dirty. You, know, you try not to dent it up. You know, hopefully you don't try to do that with your own vehicles. But you're especially careful when it's somebody else's, aren't you? Because you understand this isn't mine. This belongs to someone else. And when they get it back, they're going to want it to be able to work. They're going to, they're going to want it to be able to serve their purpose. And if we understand that our body does not belong to us, we're going to be a little more careful with it. Many people they you know they think oh you know they'll see different things in the Bible and it's like I've teenagers before you know they've made these excuses you know when you read in First Timothy when it talks about the requirements for a bishop you know the husband of one wife and all that and so I'm not worried about that because I'm not planning on being a pastor. But hey, what if God wants to call you to be a pastor? I believe those requirements for a bishop. Every Christian ought to try to live up to those. Every Christian ought to try to follow them. Because what if God asks you to be a preacher? You don't know. I don't need to study. I don't need that. I'm not planning on being a missionary. What if God asks you to be a missionary? You're not supposed to pick for yourself. God, it's God that calls these things. Your body belongs to Him. And we cannot go getting ourselves caught up in sin and the wickedness of this world. We do not belong to ourselves. 
We belong to God. And just like I mentioned last week, if we send an ambassador to another country, he is not to go there and just have a vacation and do whatever he wants and get in all kinds of trouble. He's there for a specific mission that he didn't pay for. Somebody else paid for and we've been bought with a price. We belong to God. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, "...you are bought with a price." Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. We're not supposed to serve men. We are not the servants of men. We are the servants of God. And so if we're serving men, we're talking about serving people, we're not really serving people, we're serving God. Okay? And we've got to, and so we've got to do what pleases God and not what pleases man. And so keep, please God. Keep yourself clean. You know, you might think that there's more freedom. You know, a child of the devil has more freedom than you do. Man, there's all these rules and things we're supposed to follow. There's all these things that God expects. But can you? And it's like you know, if you're not saved, you don't have to worry about any of those things. But you know, the truth is, if you think that there's more freedom for a child of the devil than a child of God, you're kind of like maybe that child who thinks that some kid, other kid, whose parents let him do whatever he wants, has more freedom. And you know what usually happens to that kid whose parents let them do whatever they want? They usually lose their freedom, don't they? They usually get <clears throat> get themselves in all kind of trouble. And the truth is, yeah, there might be some things that God expects from us. It's hard to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, but if you consider the end, we're always going to be better off than the world. And we need to just have we need to have a little bit of faith. So then also first Thessalonians chapter four and verse eight, look at verse eight. Notice it says, He therefore that despiseth despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given us his Holy Spirit. We need to make sure we please God one, that we keep ourselves clean, and doing those things, us pleasing God is going to upset man sometimes. Us keeping ourselves clean, it shines a light on the wickedness of the world. They're not going to like it either. They're going to get upset. And sometimes we're going to be despised. And it says there in that verse, He therefore that despiseth, they don't despise you. They despise God. And so we've got to make sure we do not let the world influence our thinking. It's amazing how many Christians today are just wimping out. How many churches today are just wimping out when they get pressure put on them from the world or when pressure gets put on them from the news media to stop preaching certain things and they just... They they give up. They'll issue apologies. They won't ever say it again. I mean, they'll go take their sensitivity classes and things that the world wants them to take so they don't ever offend anybody. And we are not supposed to be influenced by the world's thinking. Okay? If the world gets mad at you and hates you because you're doing right, don't take it personal. The Bible says it's God that they hate. And if they hate you, it's that Holy Ghost of God that's in you that they hate. And if anything, we ought to take it as a badge of honor. I mean, it's a, it's a sign that the Holy Ghost is dwelling in us. First John chapter two verse fifteen says, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever." We see, we're not supposed to love the world, but so many people, they love you know, the praise. 
of man. They love, you know, they want to be accepted so bad by the world that they will do just about anything, and then they try to act all noble and talk about how they're just serving their community and just loving people. We're just loving people. We're just gonna we're gonna love them right into hell, pretty much. If they were honest, they don't say that, but that's what they're doing, and we're we're allowing ourselves to be influenced by a worldly way of thinking, by a completely unbiblical way of thinking. We're being convinced that us shutting our mouth to the truth is going to help people. That us not, you know, us compromising is going to help us reach more people. That you know, we're, you know you're just scaring, you're just going to scare people off. You know, if you get too religious, if you start, you know, if you listen to Pastor Tommy's sermon from last week and start doing that, I mean, you're just going to freak people out, and you're, you know, they're not, they're not going to like you. Well, that's true. If they're lost, isn't it? We see that the world it's going to it's going to despise us, but it's not. Once again, it's not really us. It's God, and but we we've got to, and that's why we got to get them the gospel. You know, it's amazing how many churches today, and this is sad too. You know, there's a lot of churches that they do a lot of that outward stuff right, and a lot of times they are brutal on people, maybe that come to church and don't maybe dress the way they think a Christian should, and they try to get these people doing all these things. That they do, and the people aren't even saved. And it's like, you know, how is somebody that's not even saved gonna understand all these spiritual things that the Bible says are spiritually discerned, that the natural man cannot receive? And yet, people, they expect lost people to come in the church and just do everything that everybody else in the church is doing, and it's not gonna work if they're not saved. You know, that's why I'm all for trying to win people to Christ here in church. You know, we preach messages on salvation, you know, hoping to plant seeds and hoping to even see people get saved right here. But you know, most of the church preaching that we're going to be doing around here in church is to save people. It's amazing how many churches most of their preaching that they do is to lost people when it's a crowd full of saved people. But the preach most of the preaching that's going to go on here is going to be to save people. And if, when it comes to winning people to Christ, I believe ninety nine percent of that job is supposed to be done outside these walls. They're, the lost are not going to understand a lot of what goes on in here. They're not going to get it. They're not going to. They're not going to understand our way of thinking. They're not going to understand what we do. And we are ambassadors, and we've been called to go there. You know, just like we send ambassadors to those other countries. You know, if we, if our presidents want to negotiate or make some deal, you know, you don't make them come to America all the time, especially if there's something that you want from them. They go to America. You know, he'll travel to other countries. You know, he'll go travel, and he'll. Our president now, he likes to go and visit all those Muslim leaders and be really nice to them. And then, you know, he likes to ignore, you know, Netanyahu and stuff. If he comes to America, you know, we we know how he does all that stuff. And it's pretty insulting when he does that because he doesn't really want anything from Israel. But those places that he wants stuff from, he goes and he visits them. And you know, the world, they're not really long. Looking for what we have here, they're not always wanting it. We want them to give their heart to Christ. We want them to get saved and come and be a part of our church. But we're going to have to go be ambassadors. We're going to have to leave our comfort zone. And we're, it's easy to preach the gospel here. It's easy to be a Christian here, but it's hard when you go out in that foreign land. And I'm talking about right here in this neighborhood, in this foreign community. That's a lot different than we are. That doesn't 
share all our values and our way of thinking. And we've got to get the gospel to those people, and we've got we've got to do it outside these doors. And the world's thinking says, "Don't do that. Just accept everybody." I mean, really. I mean, do we really believe that people who worship Mary are going to heaven? Do we really believe that people who believe in working their way to heaven are going to go to heaven? Do we really believe that people that believe you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven are on their way to heaven? Do we really think that people who think you got to go through Muhammad to get to heaven? Do we really think those people are going to heaven? Okay, no, we don't, do we? We think they're on their way to hell. So why do are we supposed to get involved in our community and be accepting to all those things that are leading people to hell? We're not. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to go and as ambassador, not for Rock Falls, as an ambassador for Jesus Christ, we're supposed to go out and preach the truth and tell people what the Bible says and the world's thinking says, don't do that, but God's Word says, do that. That's why you're here. That's what you've been called to do. When Jesus Christ was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was there and He's praying. And he prayed. I don't have it in front of me, but he said, you know, he asked the Lord not to take us out of the world yet, because he wanted us to be here. And he said, now he wanted God to keep us from the world. He wanted to keep us from the sin of the world. But he wanted us. He wants us here to win other people, to tell other people about Christ. And we are not going to help anybody get get to heaven by saying. What you do is wonderful. What you do is great. Like you're trying to work your way to heaven. Good job, boy. We just we just all love each other, and we're glad you're. No, they're not going to heaven. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, real rude and be like, you know, I noticed a Mary statue outside your house. Thought I'd stop by and let you know you're on your way to hell. Now, I'm not saying you got to do it that way. You know, there's ways to be tactful about it, but you know, you got to tell the truth. You got to get them thinking. You got to you got to plant some seeds. It sometimes takes a little while, but we've got to just stay at it. And the world's thing says, "Don't do that. Just accept everybody." And the fact is, you telling the truth is proof that you actually love everybody. And we've got to make sure we show that love. So, uh, also and then go to uh, verse nine, First Thessalonians four. So part. We're supposed to please God. We're supposed to keep ourselves clean. We're not to be influenced by the world's thinking. And then also in verse 9 it says, but it's touching brotherly love. You need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. We see here as Christians, or as ambassadors for Christ, we're supposed to be loving the brethren. He didn't even write a whole lot about it. He said, you have no need that I write you. I mean, it's all over the Bible. It was all over the teachings of Jesus Christ that you love your brother. We are supposed to love each other. And He said to increase in that. The more and more we're supposed to love each other, we're supposed to love each other more and more. And I don't believe it means, and I believe it's more than just loving each other more and more, but talking about other Christians that are out there. He mentioned those in Macedonia that they love. We ought to, we ought to love the people that are out there, people that are around the world. That are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got missionaries that we support. Those are our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being ambassadors, just like we are, to people in other parts of the world. 
And we ought to we ought to love those people. We ought to love what they're doing. We ought to care about them. We ought to be praying for them. I mean, you ought to grab those prayer cards. You ought to have them on your refrigerator. You ought to pray for those folks. You know, have them in your Bible. Have them, I mean. Think about them. Pray for them. We ought to be giving to them financially to try to help them and just to try to be a blessing. we got a missionary coming here. One of our brothers in Christ. He's, he goes to a, he's in a different church in Amboy, but they're people of like faith and practice like we are. Our brothers and sisters in Christ. And he's planning on taking his family and he's going to go on the other side of the world and try to win people to Christ. And you know, we ought to love that guy. When he comes here next week, you know, you ought to want to get to know him a little bit. And you ought to want to talk to him and just encourage him and try to be a blessing to him. And we ought, and we ought to be praying for him. And we ought to be concerned about his ministry. We ought to care about what goes on. We ought to pay attention, you know, to those letters that we put there on the bulletin board to see what's going on because we love these people. Just like you love your family and you try to, you know, you try to follow them and maybe, you know, you follow them on Facebook or Twitter or whatever you're following because you care about them. You're paying attention to them. You love them. We ought to do the same thing with our brothers and sisters in Christ and make it more and more. You know, many people today, they're very lonely people and they're trying to get, and they, you know, they're trying to find a place for friendship, find friendship, and they usually do it in their community. And a lot of times it's amongst lost people. You know, we ought to be making friends mainly with God's people. You can make friends with your neighbors too, but you're doing it with the goal of trying to make them a part of your family. I mean, I, you know, I'll be honest. A lot of times, I have ulterior motives with people that I'm friendly to. I want to win them to Christ. I want to, I want to see them get saved. And uh, but those, but we ought to get more and more into that. Where we just, I mean, you know, I it feels good. I like, I like the fact that I have brothers and sisters in Christ. All over this world, people that I know that I know personally, that I care about, that are serving that are serving God in other parts of the world, and we ought to love those people and care about them greatly. I mean, they what they do ought to mean a lot to us. I mean, there's there's people out there that are serving God that I've never even met in person, but I care about them. I love those people. Why? Because they're they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. They're fellow laborers, and we ought to increase in that. More and more, love the family of God. Hebrews thirteen one. Let the brotherly love continue. Let the brotherly love continue. Romans twelve ten. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Boy, we ought to care about each other more than we even care about ourselves. That ought to be our attitude. I mean, when it comes to churches today, one of the part and one of the main things we're supposed to be doing is exhorting one another. I mean, encouraging one another because being ambassadors in this community, it's not always an easy thing to do, is it? It's discouraging sometimes when you got to work around all the just the language and vile talk and just, I mean, all the junk that we got to hear, all the junk we got to put up with. It can get discouraging sometimes. It can get overwhelming. And we need each other. We need to lift each other up. And then so. You know, love God, love the family of God. And then in verse eleven, verse eleven says, "And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you." I used to tell that verse to kids all the time at the school or a house. You know, go read First Thessalonians four eleven. That was always one of my favorite verses. And then verse twelve says that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. 
part of our job as an, as an ambassador, okay? Because if you're if you're an ambassador to another country, when you go to other countries, they have different laws than we do, don't they? And so you got to be careful. You got to be respectful of their laws because they're different than our laws. And did you know our community has different laws than I have for myself? Okay, I don't. There's there's laws that are in our community that I do not agree with, that I do not like, that I think are unbiblical. I don't. And in in our nation. Okay, I think there, there's all kinds of stuff that I could talk about that I, I think these laws are wrong, but you know, we've got to be careful that we study to be quiet, to do our own business, to work with our own hands, because we want to be able to walk as in the day. I don't, we, we don't want to get ourselves in trouble with the law. Okay, just because I don't agree with most of our tax code doesn't mean I don't have to pay it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'll, I'll pay, I'll pay the stupid taxes. I'll, uh, didn't they, did they vote for that one sales tax increase here? I'm going to have to pay it. Okay? I'm not going to be able to find ways around it. I don't want to have to get in trouble with the law. Otherwise, I'm going to get thrown in jail and I'm going to have a hard time winning people to Christ, aren't I? I'm going to have a hard time doing the things that I'm supposed to do. So I need to, you need to do your best. To obey the laws, First Peter four twelve, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, though when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ. Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. We're supposed to rejoice when we're reproached for Christ's sake. But then notice this next verse, "...but let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf." If you suffer as a Christian, hey, God's going to glorify... I mean, God's glorified in that. God's going to bless you for that. But if you're suffering because you're a lawbreaker, because you're a murderer... Hey, I'm a free man in Christ. Therefore, I can take this candy bar from the gas station. No, you still got to obey the laws, okay? And you and you better do that. If you're going to get in trouble, don't let it be because you're a thief. There's a lot of Christian people out there today that are always going against the law, and then when they get in trouble, they try to act like they're martyrs and being persecuted for the cause of Christ. It's like, no, you're being persecuted because you're a lawbreaker. Okay, you know, that, that's why you're in trouble right now. And don't get in trouble because of that. But at the same time, we understand that the laws in our community are different than the laws that God has given us. And, you know, thankfully, the laws that our community has, there's nothing that tells us we have to disobey God's law. And thank God, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we can go to church and we're not breaking the law right now. But, you know, if they make a law where we can't go to church, you know, we'll break that law. I might want to keep it quiet like they did back in the old days. We might have to find a cave or something to meet in. <laughs> we'll be quiet about it, <laughs> but we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to do what we're supposed to do and try to have a good testimony in this world that we live in. Make sure you're a good testimony to the lost world. Philippians two fourteen. Do all things without murmurings, disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless. 
the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as light in the world. Okay, we can't be fighting and causing trouble all the time. We're supposed to just do what we're supposed to do so we can shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And we've got one of those right now. So then finally, and just real quick, we see in verse 13, very familiar passage, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep, for the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. One of our missions as ambassadors is we are supposed to comfort the other ambassadors. We're supposed to comfort each other. See, we don't belong to this world. We don't belong here. We don't fit in here. We're not supposed to fit in here. That's the problem with all this community stuff. They're always trying to fit in with the world. We don't fit in. We, this world has nothing to offer us. And when we're, when a Christian is hurting, when a child of God is hurting, maybe because of a lost loved one, you know who they need more than anybody else? They need other Christians. They need other believers. Hey, that loved one you lost, you're going to see them again. We're going to be with them again. You know, maybe you know your your mom that you just lost. You know, I wonder if she's met my mom and haven't yet. Things like that that can comfort them. So, because they need it. You know, we you what we have to offer each other is so much better than the psychiatrists have to offer you. It's so much better than what the pills that they're going to try to give you have to offer us. We need each other because it gets discouraging sometimes. Boy, sometimes God's people they're hurting the persecution. I know we're supposed to leap for joy when we're persecuted, but you know we don't always leap for joy, do we? Sometimes we want to cry. Sometimes we just want to give up. And you know what? We need to comfort each other. We need to be there for each other. And that's why the Bible says we're not to forsake the assembling. But we're supposed to be exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day? I believe the day of the Lord. As we see things are getting closer, as we see it's getting closer to the time when the Lord is going to come back and He's going to take us out of here, we know it's going to get a whole lot worse. And we're going to need each other more and more. And we've got to comfort each other because you know the truth is we can't do it all ourselves, can we? I can't win this whole town by myself. And you know, not all of us in here can win this whole town by ourselves. We've got to be recruiting more and more people. But you know, if we're not careful, we're going to forget about each other and people are going to get discouraged. They're going to fall by the wayside. And we can't let that happen. We need everybody we've got and we need many more. And so as ambassadors, as Christians, we've got to encourage and we've got to lift up the other ambassadors. The life of a Christian is something, is not something that we're supposed to just try out for a little while. This is a lifestyle that we're supposed to live for the rest of our lives until Jesus comes. And it's not always going to be easy. There's always going to be somebody struggling and if it's not you today, it will be eventually. This work, this work that God's called us to do, folks, it is the most important thing in the world.
There is no greater mission that you can get from the president. I mean, this is the biggest thing. While most churches today, you know, they're all rallying behind the police officers, firemen, military, and listen, I'm I'm all for communities doing that. But you know, I think for Christians and for churches, we should be rallying around those who are serving the Lord and winning people to Christ. First Thessalonians five seventeen. Let the elders that rule well be kind of worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and in doctrine. You know, it's amazing. It's sad to me how anxious Baptist churches are to bring people from the world into the church to honor them and to prop them up, while they've got soul winners in their church that never get recognized. They never say anything about. Them. Do you really think? And listen, I love I love firemen. I'm, I'm I appreciate them like crazy. I'm glad somebody will try to get me out of my house that's burning down. Thank, I thank God for them. But I mean, do we really think that somebody who saves you from a fire here on earth is better than somebody who pulls you out of the fires of hell? I think they deserve a lot more honor than anyone else. And we need to we need to keep that in mind. Uh, we got we got to do this so we can reach out to these people. We got to go and tell them how great they are. So they'll like us and maybe come and get saved. And we're actually supposed to be telling people their sins and on their way to hell. But somehow we've gotten away from that, and it's not working. That is our job. That is our mission as ambassadors. We need to please God, keep ourselves clean, don't be influenced by the world's thinking, love the family of God, and comfort each other when when one's down. So with that, I want us to all stand together right now.